Dan Dawson, Simeon Wright and Peter Wright are primed to attack the 2002-03 Spurs season, which rather defined the word mediocre. Tenth we finished, dropping a place from Glenn Hoddle's first full campaign the previous year. So what could have possibly stood out in this most unremarkable season? You're listening to YE1 Daily. It's been a pleasure once again to welcome you to the podcast, Dan, with all your knowledge, having been a season to get hold of for so long. But how do you find these average kinds of seasons to distinguish from each other? I absolutely can't. They blur into each other completely. And I think, but I don't know if that's an age thing or just the fact that that whole period of time kind of blurs into each other. I graduated a few years before, so I was kind of into the working game when I had some disposable income. I wasn't married and no kids yet, so it was kind of, I was drinking a lot and socialising a lot and that just revolved around football so all of those seasons basically became one long party I think even though we were so crap. Interesting and Sim obviously you're the youngest in the group and you know we're going back quite a long way now you've got a new sort of role in this daily podcast because this has to be adjusted slightly as your first hand Spurs memory expired in 2005-06 how are you finding the extra research looking back? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, I suppose now it's an, it's about being an education, isn't it? Because before it was more about revisiting memories, which it still is for you guys. I consider myself pretty well versed on the history. Just I've been watching the, the Sky Sports Premier League years for for a while and vaguely know what happens in the seasons. But I'm looking forward to learning more from you guys and kind of fit, knowing what these events felt like at the time. Because it's you can do all the research, but you don't know how it's going to feel. And I I certainly predict that the word turgid will. Um, spike in use a little bit much like quarantine self-isolation and furlough words like these <laughs> yeah. at the minute i wish i was in self-isolation in these years i have to admit that i wouldn't have to have gone to the games we had a very very aging team at the time we had quite a few players who were past well sort of past it i think anderton sharing them in this season ferdinand poyer stefan freund casey keller and jamie redknapp i mean what was the strategy a good one which just didn't work out and was a gamble? Because the strategy, I think, from the outside looking in was let's get these experienced players in and let's try and get into Europe. I mean, Dan, did you think the strategy at the time was quite a good strategy? Well, I mean, it was it was basically all on experience, wasn't it? And sick note, kind of wasn't really playing many games and the games he did, he would normally get subbed off. So, I mean, you look at that list of players, though, Anderton, Sheringham, Ferdinand, Poirier, Freund, I love Stefan Freund and he loves me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just see players at the twilight of their career and they may be workhorses but they you know they when you see when you look at what our the teams around us were were doing investing heavily in their youth policy we're having rings run around us and our our finishing position in the league table just proves that I think. Yeah, we finished 10th that season Dan ironically Manchester City finished 9th just above us. I sort of looked back at this and I thought Possibly at the time, if it had worked, it could have been hugely different. But Peter, I don't think even if it had worked, we got when we got back into Europe, whether Inic would have invested. Even I think they would just thought, oh, let's carry on doing this on the cheap. What's your thoughts, Peter? There. Yeah, I think so because you mentioned um, the aging team. Yeah, it's a policy that could work, but I think you've just got to get the blend right, the blend of youth and experience. We we just were yeah. all, all experience. You just needed some young whippersnappers around them to get that blend right and the blend wasn't there and I don't think that there were any really marquee people coming in and yeah the, as, as ever Enoch sort of trying to do things on, on the cheap really 
the players they brought in that season, Sim, if you could go run through the players we actually bought in that summer's transfer window. Yeah, so I suppose a big one was, was Robbie Keane, wasn't it? We got him on deadline day and we all know what he went on to do in the Spurs shirt, but we didn't spend a penny until, yeah, deadline day. And that's someone. That was seven million. So it was. I suppose it's yeah. uh, considering the, the the money we were spending at that time. That sort of like we in a in another summer we might have spent seven million, but on three players. But in this summer we were spending seven million on one player, and then they kind of he's managed to fill fill the other dealings with three. So Jamie Redknapp came in. Rohan Ricketts, who was a young guy who got released by Arsenal, yeah. who we brought in, and Milenko Asimovic, who I I have never heard of. Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> kind of uh, you want to Google one of his misses, Sim? <laughs> oh, God, you remember that, Dan? Oh, oh, that, oh, that, it's, I, I, still, I still think it's one of the worst misses on a football pitch I've ever seen in my life. So you want to yeah, search YouTube for Akimovic's miss. He was actually a nice, a lovely a footballer, just not suited to the English game, like we talked about Postiga in the last one. I'm going to be honest and say I don't remember that much about him. <laughs> I meant the name so like, vaguely, somebody on the fringes. Yeah, Sim, so who else did we bring in that period? We got a couple of guys in January. We got a player I've, I've heard of, but he was on, he only played four games for us, Kazuki Toda, Japanese yeah, guy. Yeah, I remember him. And uh, Jonathan yeah. Blondell who was supposed to be, I think, a young prospect from Belgium, but he, he, by the season we spoke about yesterday, he'd gone. And that was only two and a half million I, anyway. I remember Toda coming in, and we, we really lacked some legs in the centre of midfield. I don't know if Peter or Danny remember that. Really lacked. I think he came in, we, he had a lot of energy, and I, I thought he could have worked. Did you, Dan? Yeah, I liked him. In fact, me and the guys I go to football with, we've been doing a Spurs quiz while we've been in lockdown to try and still maintain a bit of connectivity and uh, and some Spurs stuff. And Toda came up as one of the answers the other day on one of the picture rounds. One of my mates thought it was Yoda, not Toda. But... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But like Jonathan Blondell, I don't ever remember watching him play, but I remember he came highly yeah. uh, rated, didn't he, Peter? Yeah, there were some big sort of things being said about him and it just, it just never connected. For some reason, for whatever reason, and it, you can't put your finger on it why some things don't work out and some things do. Supposedly, there were quite a few clubs after him, and it was quite a coup for Spurs to get him as a young. I think he was like twenty-one or something, wasn't he? When he correct, no, I think he's younger than that, Dan. Yeah, he went on to play one hundred and eighty-nine times for for Bruges after he left us. He only played twice for us, but you know he had a successful career in Belgian football. I think maybe I mean one hundred and eighty-nine games in ten years maybe isn't that much, or maybe he had injury problems. I don't know. Sim, you mentioned about um, an article about that Hoddle wanted to buy Keane and a, another striker as well, but it didn't happen. Yeah, Fernando Morientes, Hoddle claims that he, he was in for as well. He couldn't get the deal done with Madrid or something where, where he was at. He did end up going to Liverpool, didn't he, a couple of years later? But he didn't really work out yeah. there anyway, so maybe that was a bullet dodged, I don't know. He caught the eye for Spain in, in some tournament, in some international. Yeah, he put, he put Chelsea out of the Champions League, didn't he? The yeah. Monaco. Mm. In that same transfer window, we bought Keane for seven million, Blondell for two point five, but Juif went to Liverpool for ten million, Anelka thirteen million to City, Gilberto Silva five million to Arsenal, Viana eight point five million to Newcastle, Paulista six million to Middlesbrough, Ferdinand thirty million to United, Woodgate to Newcastle nine million, Titus Bramble to Newcastle five million. I mean, that investment is pretty poor, isn't it? In hindsight. Incidentally, were Leeds doing the fire sale that season? It, it, it very much started, didn't it? Because well, was, was yeah. Keane part of that? Yeah, I yeah. think it was, the, it was the beginning of, of that period, wasn't it, where they yeah. started to really fall. 
But I mean, my, my point is, again, it's a, it's a common theme, and I hate to harp on about it, but, you know, the investment is pretty poor, and they they talk the talk, but, they, you know, we haven't had a chair, you know, we had the same people in charge of our club, and season after season, there hasn't been the investment, possibly the, this current season, Dan, has been the most they've ever invested, would you say? Yeah, I mentioned it last night as well. You know, I think it's the if, if as long as I keep saying the fact that we're heavily investing in the club, I expect you fans to believe that we're heavily investing in the club. You know, I think the recent period is a bit is is interesting to see because we've obviously invested heavily in a brand new shiny stadium. But we have to, you know, if we're going to make the stadium pay for itself, it's got to be we've got to be dining at the top table of European football, and that's where you're going to need to spend money on players in order to do it. And you know, compared to what what we're spending now, and I know the market's very different given the other clubs around us. But back then, we were being told that we're heavily investing, and we just plain weren't. And oh, yeah. the money we were investing was in the wrong players. Okay, someone like Robbie Keane, for example, is that seven million now? It just feels like a snip. You know, if you think of what he went on to do for us, and then it compared yeah. to Ferdinand, thirty million. I remember it seemed like an eye-watering amount of money at the time, but. When you think what he went on to do for Man United, so you know, you, you get what you pay for, don't you? Yeah. I just want to sort of bring up about the Villa game. Um, it was our first home game that season. I remember going to the game, but I always remember rocking up to the stadium. You know, feeling. Uh, I mean, to be honest, we were, it was so turgid the season before anything was better. But I remember seeing the lineup and being very sort of underwhelmed by you know Keller in goal, Tariko Gardner, Richard Ziga. Defence, Davis, Redknapp, Simovic, Etherington, Ferdinand and Sheringham. I mean, it's pretty... I felt really underwhelmed, I have to admit, Pete. Yeah, Did I you mean, sort of feel that going into this season? Yeah, it's, it's the transfers that happened that in the summer that get you excited. You knew what you were getting with Sheringham and Ferdinand was probably not really at the peak of his powers by then. Newcastle definitely had the best of him, I thought. He did a few th- good things in Espresso, but those names that you reeled off, they don't, they don't excite me. You know, I'm not sort of mm. jumping up and down thinking about that. You know, and I usually, I'm usually quite excited in August. We had a good start, didn't we, to that season? Yeah, Sim, take us through the start. Yeah, we, we, I mean, you mentioned that Villa game. We, I mean, before that, we drew of Everton 2-2 away on the first day. But then again, you, you said you were at the Villa game. We won that game 1-0. And then we won two yeah. games after that and went, went top of the league. It was our best... I know they reel it out every year, don't they? And they kind of mould it to how many games you've played. But apparently that was our best start for 35 years to a Premier League season. Mm. We were top of the league at the end of August. But then it just fell apart. Typical Spurs, we were 2-0 up at Loftus Road against Fulham. Fulham were actually playing there temporarily. I think Craven Cottage must have been getting renovated or something. But we lost that game 3-2 and... Our start to the season was pretty much over after that. Not Barry Hills again, is it? <laughs> I don't know, it might, it might have been. Dan, how did you feel sort of going into that after the first run? Because I, mean, I remember being top, I mean, I was on holiday, I remember being uh, top of the table and then sort of came back and there was this shocking run of games. Do you remember any of those games you went to? Yeah, I can't really, I remember Spurs West Ham was quite early on and that was a last minute winner. Three, two. Yeah, yeah Anthony, Anthony Gardner. Gardner. Some of the players that actually excited me, but I, I, I actually quite like Anthony Gardner. I think he was a bit clumsy. But some of the players that were actually exciting weren't the signings. They were the youngsters that were coming through. And I, I just had to remind myself on Wikipedia, some of those players. Johnny Jackson was one of them that was kind of yes. touted from the under-21s team to be coming through the ranks and was going to be, you know, he was going to be what Harry Kane is now. You know, he was, he was being talked about as a kind of the 
one of our own who's going to who's going to make it onto the world stage. And it never really happened. And Anthony Gardner was going to be the next Ledley King, and Ledley King was going to be the next, dare I say, it's Sol Campbell. Dave Vincent Ebrington as well. They were like flying down the wings. They, yeah. mean, they were they were quite exciting, weren't they? Anthony Gardner was talked about in the same kind of breath as Ledley King. I think he was like part of that. He was quite highly regarded. Did he come from Stoke or somewhere? We started from Port Vale, didn't we? You know he came from yeah. the Pottery. Port Vale. Yeah. And he was highly regarded. Yeah. He got into the England team. He played for England once. Yeah, Eric yeah. Edmund played against him, didn't he? Yeah, he was talking and about he, it. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, highly regarded at the time. You know, just kind of like fell behind Ledley. Dean Richards, I thought, was a wonderful defender, but Anthony Gardner got one cap for England, and Dean Richards didn't get anything. Uh, Peter, what did you think of Dean Richards? Were you a big fan? I think he was kind of supposed to be like a ball-playing kind of defender. I remember him scoring in the five-three game against Man United. I don't think he was solid enough. I'd agree. I think he was a bit of an old-fashioned centre-back. He wasn't a new-style centre-back. That you know, that he wasn't. I don't think he had enough pace. I don't think he was comfortable enough with the with the ball at his feet. You know, whereas with with Ledley King, I mean, we talked about it last night as well with the that, that the goal he scored in that Man City defeat um, in the cup the following year, the top left-hand corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just wouldn't see that from Dean Richards, and you wouldn't see him spraying the ball in the way that modern centre-backs were at that time. You know, kind of. In the way that you know we we see now with Alderweireld and Vertonghen, who spray the ball left and right and are able to yeah. play those balls to feet at the drop of a hat, and Dean Richards was never that kind of centre back. We lost seven out of our last ten games. Yeah, you know, the writing was on the wall for Hoddle. Surely then wasn't it? Do you not think if it wasn't anyone else rather than Hoddle, he possibly would have got sacked by then, Peter? What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think uh, his name and his reputation and what he'd done for us as a player did buy him a bit of time in, in the same way that someone like Lampard will get quite a lot of time at Chelsea now. It's, it's sort of the same sort of principle. I mean, he got a good two and a half seasons, as you mentioned before. It was on the slide, and I, I hate to say it, but you could see that it wasn't really, um, it wasn't working for him from that season and proven to be the following season it's, as well. It's form that continued yeah. on, wasn't it? We lost yeah. 5-1 and 4-0 Middlesbrough and Blackburn in the last two games. 4-0 home to Blackburn in the last game, which is awful. What you've got to remember as well about that season, I don't know if you guys remember, but that was that record relegation points tally where didn't West Ham go down with, was it 41 or 42 yeah, points? Yeah, 42 points. But we, we only, I know, I know we came 10th, but we only got 50 points in that season. So, you know, wow. without a few early results, we could have been drawn into that. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember going to that Blackburn game, the last game of the season, and do you remember the old members' books used to get? Blackburn, I think, went 4-0 up after about 60 minutes. I remember just everyone started throwing their, their season ticket books and their members' books onto the pitch. It was, yeah. you know, it was just brilliant. It was just teaming down. It was, it was, oh. it was quite funny. But then the good thing about that day was that even though we lost 4-0 at home, I remember going to the concourse and watching live West Ham got relegated away at Birmingham. Oh. So that sort of made up for that 4-0 also, loss. Also, after I think it was after the... West Brom away game towards the end of that season, we kind of knew that everything was fine and we weren't, you know, there was no real problems. I mean, you can see by the next three results, the players didn't even care. They lost, we lost at home to United and lost 5 1 away to Middlesbrough and 4 0 at home to Blackburn. The players were on holiday from yeah, flip flops from five, April. That's it, mid April. That's it, we're finished now. We're, uh, we're on to the next season. Do you think they sort of knew the club didn't have any money and they knew they were pretty much untouchable because they're an aging team? I don't know. It, oh, that's the problem. It, that's the problem when you look at the manager and you say, well, he's not, he's not, we talked about it last night with him. He's like, he didn't get the, grab the players and say, whoa, hold on, you're playing for your careers here, otherwise I'll ship you out. He wasn't strong enough with the players, if you ask me, because 
the players didn't care. And it was very clear that, as you said at the beginning, Ian, they, we had players in the twilight of their career. I'm like, well, it's all right. I've earned my money playing for Newcastle and, and what have you. I'll uh, be here and then I'll be gone. There were two games that season I remember very well. The North London derby when Ziga scored. We drew one all. Great free kick, wasn't it? Yeah. We talked about Ziga briefly yesterday. Ziga for me was quality and he was dead, dead ball specialist for sure. And the other game that season was kind of just in the new year against Everton. And it was because it was a kind of, it was a real humdinger of a game, another high scoring game at the lane. And Robbie Keane got a hat trick, second half hat trick. It was a real topsy turvy game as well. They scored first and then it went yeah. backwards and forwards. It was great. It was, you know, and, then we, and we won in the last five minutes or something. It's those days when you're leaving the stadium and you're on a high because of the, a goal in the last five minutes to win the game means that the pub's always going to be rammed straight after the end of the game and you can go and have a beer and a sing-song afterwards and it's those ones. And when you have a season like this season that we're talking about, those ones really stand out because <laughs> it didn't happen yeah, very often. I agree. One game we stood out for me, I went to an away game. My friend was living up in um, Birmingham at the time and I went out with him on the Friday night. We then went to Villa away the next day. I was thinking hangover and you know, the season was so turgid anyway, I was, wasn't looking forward to it. But we won 1-0 we away from home with a you know, really cultured performance. And I thought that's the only time in that season where I felt we had some good signs. You know, the team that day was Keller, Sirico, King, Richards and Carr, Poirier, Ander and Davis, Bunchajevic, Sheringham and Keane. I didn't want to think of Bunchajevic. Was he a centre back? Was it kind of quite a defender? Yeah. Yeah. Midfield, centre back, midfield being, player, quite a cultured player. I seem to remember him being quite good on the ball. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, in a way that Dean Richards, God rest his soul, wasn't. Well, yeah. A bunch of Chavich died as well, didn't he? Yeah, they both yeah. died, yeah. It's, it's very sad. I remember him being either a, a sort of holding midfielder or a sort of like quite a ball playing kind of centre back. That Villa game you're talking about, Ian, we were actually, we went seventh after that game and we were only three points off the top four. And then our, our form Correct. just absolutely capitulated. We only won three games after that and that was in January. As I said, I sort of felt there's some shoots there of you know, possibly we could be making to Europe. Sheringham played really well. I think he scored actually, he did score. That's about the only positive thing from that season, which is pretty <laughs> sad, isn't it? How did we finish the season? How did, how did we finish? Did it taper off? Tenth. Oh, awful, awful. We can't labour the point about our transfer policy in those years too much, but if you really look at Goran Bonjacevic, the, the other clubs he played for, and trying to think about whether he is quality enough for a silverware winning Premier League team, the answer has to be no. Correct. <laughs> then True. down the road are signing players from Europe's top Gilberto, teams. Gilberto, they still yeah. We're signing teams from Red Star, and who's played all his football in Serbia. Again, we had a terrible uh, League Cup and FA Cup. Sim, do you just want to sort of wrap up the misery for us for this season in the League and FA Cup? What do you want me to start with? FA Cup or League Cup? Both of us. Do you want, do you <laughs> no, want the bad or the bad? It's so good, awful. So the, I suppose the better one of the two is the League Cup because you actually won a game with it. We won our first game in the League Cup against Cardiff, beating one nil. And then we went out to Championship Burnley in the next round, so that was the League Cup. And then in the FA Cup, we crashed out four nil at Southampton on the in the third round. Yeah, I remember I was gutted because that was on TV, I remember, and I just I was absolutely gutted because they hated us at the time, obviously, because of Hoddle and Dean Richards and Rupert Lowe. Do you remember Rupert Lowe, the chairman, was always yeah. bad-mouthing us in the press? Yeah. To be fair, he had a point, really. Was, Dan, do you remember uh, the hatred? Yeah, they're, they're, they're a feeder club, aren't they? That's the thing they don't like. They wouldn't sell Slidling <laughs> to us, though, would they? Slidling. No, no they, they didn't, would. did they? And I think... Uh, 
Did you, you know, I was just reading here that their, their fans see Tottenham as their biggest rivals after Portsmouth. Yeah. <laughs> this is is that right? Yeah, because of taking their manager and both of them, you know, right. Hoddle and um, Poch. Yeah. 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 Hoddle for me should have been sacked at the end of that season. I hate to say it, the football was turgid all season. Apart from you know a little a little run, can we sort of go around the virtual table? Do we think Dan? Do you think Hoddle should have been sacked at the end of the season? Yeah, he should have, and it's only the fact that he's he had a uh, an amazing playing career in a Spurs shirt that that saved him. I think if that was Santini, if that was I mean you name him, if that was George Graham, if you know any of those performances had come from anyone who hadn't worn a Spurs shirt, he'd have been yeah. sacked at the end of that season, and they'd gone out and got another manager. Do you agree, Peter? Do you think he should have been sacked at the end of the season? I'm going to say yes, really, because they were his signings. It's his second full season, is it? Yeah. This one. It's hard to say whether they're his signings, because I think it's hard to tell the truth about whether any of the signings that we've had since Enoch have taken over are truly the manager's signings or not. Well, if he wanted Keane yeah. and Morientes, then you have to maybe wonder whether they were his yeah. first choices. That's a good point, Peter. Good yeah. point. Do you, um, so, Peter, do you agree he should have been sacked, yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, gosh, you know... Um, I'm hoping to get Glenda on this podcast one day, but you know, I have to I have to tell it like it is. Yeah, I think it was it wasn't happening for him. No, it wasn't happening for him, and possibly reason. not his fault as well. Yeah. So you know, I, I don't think it's totally his fault. So I think if we could sort of sum up the season, Sim, how would you sum up the season in a couple of words? Mediocre, a horribly average, horribly mediocre season. Um, that's all I can really think of. Average, bang, average. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, I mean, you said at the start, I think turgid is the word. As I said, the only real standout game was that Everton one. So, um, and yeah. it's the it's the one that that wasn't turgid. Yeah, Peter, how would you sum up a couple of words? Legs gone. Yes, great point. I love that. All right, do you know how I would sum it? I would I would sum it up like a like a Frenchman with just a shrug, <laughs> <laughs> just a noise. Yeah, yeah just. <laughs> It doesn't even doesn't even deserve like you know even even some words around it. That that's for me just a shrug. The fact that yeah. I can't remember that much money of the games from that season tells yeah, a lot. Just, yeah. just um, this is just kind of like a, a more general question for you lot. Match of the day was at this time was in the middle of a period where they lost the rights to to show games. I don't know if the highlights were being shown somewhere else. There's some players that we've touched on that kind of the memory has been really, really sparse about people like Toda and stuff like that. Is it possible to just, for at that time, for a player to just slip through the net of your knowledge without matching a day? Possibly, if you're not. You know, yeah, I think they lost the rights to ITV for a little while. Yeah, yeah oh, but people stopped watching the ITV one. Yeah, because they were showing the game yeah. so early in the evening. It was all on Sky anyway, so if you had mm. Sky TV, I mean, it was all, it was all available, really. Oh, okay. You didn't really have YouTube, so there's no finding out about the players that we do now. You know, oh, we've signed this player. Oh, quick, let's go and get his YouTube highlights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Danny Rose. <laughs> but if you take Terry, I'm, I'm, you know, he's coming towards the end of his career, even though he played till he was 40. Ferdinand, given his best days to Newcastle, Poyet definitely gave his best days to Chelsea. So really, very ageing team. And it showed. I've got a quick question for you all. It's just a good quiz question that came up last week about a player that was in the squad this year. Who was the first player that Spurs signed under the Bosman ruling? Oh, good question. It's in the 90s. It would be in the 90s, wouldn't it? Well, the player was in, in the squad. This in this squad. Yeah, he was in okay. this squad. Shall I put you out your misery? Yeah, go on. It's Neil Sullivan. Oh, wow. 
Wow. He, he hardly played at all, did he? Nah. Oh, good quiz, good quiz question. I like that, Dan. Might there use that my next quiz. We've got some very yeah. ordinary people from Wimbledon, like Perry and Thatcher. As well, mm. Thanks, Dan, for joining us. Keep well in the in the countryside. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Peter and Sim, thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks, and uh, see you all soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers.